Hello, and welcome to an Emo Girl's Guide to the Galaxy, where we debate, rant, and curse too much. If you like books, sarcasm, and hate the patriarchy, then you've come to the right place. All right. Um, I'm Jess, and here are your new releases for April 26th. Um, It's only one today, The Shadow in the Glass by J.J.A. Hardwood. A deliciously gothic story of witches and curses. A new dark fairy tale set against a Victorian backdrop full of lace and smoke. A smoldering, terrifying new spin on Cinderella. Perfect for fans of Laura Purcell and Aaron Morgenstern. This sounds amazing. Sign me All up. All right. I know nothing else about this. Goth gothic Cinderella? Fairy tales. Yes. Hopefully the bird doesn't steal this <laughs> curse. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like a goth Cinderella sounds like an amazing aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm here for it. it. All right. All right. Um, I'm Aaron, and we're going to do some around the room updates. I'll just go first. Um, I, nothing too crazy, but I started the um, second book from that Stay a Spell, Stay, ugh, Stay a Spell series um, by Juliet Cross. So the second one's called um, Don't Hex and Drive, which is funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one was called Go- Wolf Gone Wild, and this one's Don't Hex and Drive, uh, which this is another one of the witch sisters, and sh- this is- seems like it's going to be a vampire witch pairing. So, um, and it's going to be sort of that like same like rom com style, but like yeah, witches and vampires. So I'm into it. I'm um, excited to see how that one is going to be. So far, they've just done a little bit of a meet. He like hit her with his car while she was driving her bicycle down the road. So off to All a great right. start, I think. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's going to be a romance for the ages, but we'll see how the rest of it goes. True love. Good old fashioned hit and run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's helping her nicely to like drive her home, which oh, is okay. a little sus because like you don't know him, but uh, someone was able to vouch for him. So she's going to get a ride home. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's with not my first instinct is like you get hit with the car and it's like, let me drive you home, not like let me call an ambulance. Yeah, I think because <laughs> she's a witch that she's like, I'll fix it. Just get me like her bike is mangled and she just needs to get home. That's how they're playing it off right yeah. now. But that's like the weird right. vibe of the series Fair. where it's like rom-commy and then like weird stuff. And then it's like, oh, but they are witches. So I don't know. It's an interesting vibe, but hoping I like it as much as I like the first one. Um yeah, Jess, what's up with you? Um, I got my new copy of Breath of Fire in for the Kingmaker Chronicles by Amanda Boucher. She's uh, got a new, the fourth book in the series coming out in October. Um, so she's re-released new covers and they are so pretty. Her Yay. old covers had like a... I have, they were I have the old covers and I'm regretting my decision to get the old covers now. Yeah, I need to get, I'm, I think I'm going to get them. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. Yay, it's yeah. really pretty. The maps and stuff like there's some fan art inside the front cover Ooh. yeah they're really cute okay so, i'm spending money on a new set i i don't i don't have one yet so i think i'm adding it to my i don't either list i only have the ebooks like a couple audios so i was like yeah i'm definitely gonna buy a new copy of these because they're really pretty and i definitely need a real copy so those and then i've been uh going through a box of poetry that my grandma left me uh, my grandma passed and she left me like this giant box of poetry. So I brought it back and Aww. it's so emo. It's by Edna St. Vincent Millay, who was like this in the 30s, bisexual, redheaded feminist in New York City and just like living her ultimate best so life. So one of us, and, really. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, say. Seriously. The whole thing, is, it's all of it's super emo. And I'm just like, ah, I get it, grandma. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, this is what She's I'm like, leaving you. you. And I'm like, but also, like, my super Christian grandma just left me this box of... What is, what is she trying to tell you? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that. like we're going to need we're gonna need some excerpts from those. Yeah, I, I definitely will as I kind of slowly make my way. It's like 15. Some new aim away messages. And stuff, so it's a lot. <laughs> aim away messages. <laughs> so it, it's... And it's just kind of fun because they're all old. Like, they're from... Some of these books are from the 30s. And so they've got, like, the paper over the fabric cool. covers and stuff. It's crazy. Uh, so I'm enjoying going through that, kind of having some, like, weird grieving time with that. Um, and then I'm also trying to read Halfway to the Grave, because you recommended this Night Hunter thing. <laughs> you talked about it and talked about it. And I was like, well, we got to get vampire here. 
I'm curious I about how you feel like about it. it. <laughs> I'm only a little ways in. Um, you know, I'm fine with a kidnapped bad guy, I hate you, you hate me thing. The thing that's really giving me a hard time is that I'm not convinced. I don't know anything about this author. Maybe this author is from the UK. Uh, I no. have questions. <laughs> yeah. I have questions about how we think people from there speak. And um, yeah, I just I have a lot of questions because it's a lot less bloody and it's a more like he says blooming a lot. <laughs> and he's supposed to be this big, strong, uh, sexy vampire man. And I'm I'm having a serious struggle time with some of the things he <sighs> says. I thought this was interesting because uh, I listened to the audiobook, and in the audiobook, I can't remember if the author is British or if they do a British accent, but they give him a British accent, so I didn't have to like yeah. look at the British accent when I was reading it. So uh, it didn't bother me, but I can understand where you're coming from. <laughs> it's a little off-putting, but I don't know. I'm so obsessed. I'm so obsessed with that series that it either mellows out or I just like. I just started to like that faded away for me. I appreciate that she calls him an ass munch. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm like sitting here strolling. He calls her like brave little kitten. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I have a lot of, oh, he says artery party, um, which <laughs> made me. I, will, I How did stand you know by he was a series. vampire when you saw him? Did you know or did you not find out until he tried to have an artery party? <laughs> Uh, but like in a British accent, I just I, I, I I'm, 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 I'm gonna finish it. I like it. I just uh, I stand by that series. So I feel like this was written um, in was it written in the nineties? It feels it like was it was written not. in the nineties. No. no, no, I don't think so. Okay, then I gotta I mean, be honest. I remember the second book so much that I don't even remember what happens in the first book. Oh, yeah, this was written in 2007. This is not even... Okay, well... No, but I think there's, like... <laughs> I I didn't watch a lot of Buffy, but I feel like there is, like, Buffy influences in it. It was marketed Probably. to me as a Spike, like, it's Spike, basically. So that's what I pictured when I was listening well, to Well, because he's got, like, the bleached hair and... Yeah. I can, I can see that. I can see the Spike vibes coming through. Yeah. I just... Maybe if I imagine it that way, I will... Uh, get into it more because I do love do that do that but that's me that's what I'm up to (laughs) Loretta what are you up to artery parties uh no artery parties for me I (laughs) haven't been doing anything I've just life has gotten in the way but I did want to mention that I found a new band um that I've been listening to recently and they are called the animal and me and I'm obsessed with them they're like uh a rocky metal band that um does covers of pop songs and i'm like obsessed with Ooh. it it's like pop goes punk but like metal kind of screamo low-key screamo version and i am into i'm it. here for that yeah i love me some screamo so the animal and me that's what i've been up to this week sounds awesome deb what about you um nothing that i've been up to but my update is that steph is coming to visit so i mean we've been planning her visit for a while but yeah so she was on as our guest host a few weeks ago and so she's coming from the uk to come visit me so i might be mia for a few episodes that's why um and we're our first stop is y'all west since it is happening the weekend that she gets here so if you're in the area come say hi I'm really excited because Maggie Stiefvater is going to be there. Shut and up, really? She, yeah, she's going to be there. I Ooh. think she's going to be at the LA Festival Books the weekend before that, too. But I'm not going to that because, one, I hate driving downtown. And I, like, it's at my school, but I, or my old school. Um, but I just, like, do not want to do that. So I'm opting into Y'all West instead. And her new book, bravely i think that's what it's called right bravely yeah um it's coming out too so i want to get a signed copy of that i think she they might have arcs or something or other and it's a merida story because so it's, a, it's under Aww. the disney print it's under the disney book imprint oh, yeah. and i'm like all of my worlds are colliding and i'm so excited <laughs> well, 
That's amazing. Also, is that how you pronounce her last name? Because I, I pronounce it differently in my head. I, I don't know. Is it Stiefader, Stiefader? And- I say, I in my head say Stiefader. Yeah, I say Steve Otter. Steve Otter. I don't know. Somebody needs to confirm I'm going to be honest. I don't think that I pronounce it in my head. I just go, big word. (laughs) (laughs) Someone tell me later. And I've listened to all the audiobooks, too, and they definitely say, bye, Maggie. But I don't know if they say (laughs) Stifate or stuff. (laughs) I skipped over that part. Maggie, big word. (laughs) Maggie S. is going to be... At Y'all West. That's so that, exciting, though. We're going to need lots of updates while you're there. Pictures and everything. Yeah, I'm going to take pictures and videos and attempt to do some cool social stuff. So hopefully it's not hot, but that's not how it goes in California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will jump into the main topic for today, which it, is Dev. my favorite. We're talking about Shadowhunters. Mm-hmm. So we're going to spend some time talking high level about what Shadowhunters is, what we like about it, what we don't like about them, ways to read the book. So this first part of our episode will be for people who maybe want to read them and haven't decided yet. We're going to try to convince you. And then we will also be marking when we're going to start talking spoilers because we've all read at least one portion of the series or all of it and we can't help ourselves from talking spoilers so and they've all they've been out for a while so i think it's not yes. fair yeah yeah <laughs> so she's still writing some of the some of her series but most of them have been out for a decade or longer so spoilers are fair yeah. <laughs> um my so i tried to write like a quick summary of what Shadowhunters is and how to explain it to people, but all how I have is that they're, the like, they're like, yeah, like it's hard. But I have a half angel, half human demon hunters who fall in love, have tragic backstories, <laughs> and who also and mingle with like fairies and warlocks, and they have drama with other Shadowhunter families, yes. and that is like my. My bitch of Shadowhunters. Yes, and they're by <laughs> Cassandra Clare is the author, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, we call she goes by Cassie often, right? Yeah. Yes. I say Cassie. I hope she doesn't mind. Also, fun fact: that's a pen name. I didn't know that until just recently, and it blew my mind. Yeah, and some of the things that I really like about the Shadowhunter books are that they she has a lot of different settings. So each of her series takes place in an a different environment she has one set in new york one in england one in la um and also different time periods so she has historical shadow hunter books more recent present day shadow hunter books and her cast of characters is really diverse for a white woman author in my mind she has a lot of different characters with a lot of backgrounds and a lot of different orientations and what they prefer and everything like that and i also like that she takes pieces of real history and prejudices that we've seen from our history books and even in today's society and weaves them into this like fictional world to show and highlight to her audience which is obviously young adult like how things could be better or why certain ways of thinking are problematic because she touches on a lot of stuff even though the topic of her books is like fairies and demons and angels yeah she expands a lot of ground Yeah, I like, I know that there's a lot of controversy about her, but I think as all super popular authors are going to have like a significant amount of backlash that happens um, over their lifetimes. Yeah. But I do think that, I mean, I'm a white girl, so my opinion doesn't matter as much. Um, But I feel like she's very relatable from that perspective where she's really trying to make kind of allegories to... Um, what's happening in real life in her books and kind of making these stories go through to reflect um, our society, but in this fantastical world where it's easier to digest and easier to absorb um, and kind of addressing those tough issues sometimes in that way for kids who need to get that content, but don't necessarily need to like get it from the real world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. easy, (laughs) Easy to digest. Yes. Also, I will say for context, like, even though I do love Cassie books, I will say that her writing from her, when she first started writing is not the best. 
So if yeah. you haven't read them yet, just go in knowing that her writing does get better. The the <laughs> topics better. the topics that she chooses to write about also get a little bit easy easier to read. <laughs> she makes some questionable choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those first three books are a tough a tough sell. Now uh, looking back, because I read them when I was young, and looking back at that, I'm like, oh. That's interesting. I mean, I wouldn't tell a 15-year-old not to read them as long as they go in with the understandings that we now have. I think my yeah. perspective was very different. I read them when they when they first came out, which was when I was 15 or 16, um, yeah. which is part of why I love it so much, just because it's been literally around since that time in my life, so it's a nostalgia thing. But... Um, I remember reading the first, the ending of the first book, and I was like, this is the most ridiculous drama I've ever read in my life. I was so mad when I read the end of the first book. I almost did not I thought it was hilarious. Teen me thought that was hilarious. There's a part in book three that I was so uncomfortable with that I, like, could not process it. Yeah. I was so I know exactly insanely what you're uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and... If somebody puts these down based on that, I don't even blame you because I was so wildly uncomfortable. I'm yeah. shocked that I continued them. I reread them. I've re- I've reread them multiple times, but like the first yeah. time I reread them, I was like questioning myself, like why, like really, like I was this, like what? But I will say, and I think that this is like I don't know if I've ever said this to anybody, but I watched the movie before I actually started reading the book. Oh my and god! I think. <laughs> and I think that that is better for anybody who hasn't read them yet. Like, if you don't know anything about the books at all, if you're just going in blind or if you've heard, like, little inklings of what it is here and there, but you don't know what the big plot twist is, watch the movie first and then read the books because I went into the it knowing already and thinking that that's how the first book was going to be. And I was like, oh, I already know. Like, this isn't as weird because I already know that this isn't a thing at all. But okay, cool. I think that my brain... So this book came out in 2007. So I was fully 20 years old when I read these. I guess I was not a teenager. So I think my adult brain... I mean, 20s barely. Oh, don't adult. But my brain was like, there's zero chance that this is real. Me too. I know that it's a plot device. I had just finished, like, I thought I was so cool. I was, like, an English major in college at the time. I knew how to analyze a book in my brain and was like, <laughs> oh, this is just definitely a very terrible plot device. Even at device. 16, I was like, there is absolutely no, There's way, no way that she's going to make this real. Well, so right now, we said we weren't going to do spoilers, but I feel like right now we're just talking about something that either everyone knows we're talking about or we're talking about nothing to people right now. Yeah, you're right. Or it doesn't mean <laughs> anything at all. It's just that there's a plot twist that happens in the first book that you either know or don't know. And that's in the first City of Bones, um, the very first series that she wrote, which was The Mortal Instruments. Um, And so maybe, Deb, you tell us your reading order. So if you haven't read anything, I would say start with the movie first, watch it, and then decide if you want to read the books. My preferred reading order because I like to catch Easter eggs and I like to know, like, oh, look, she's making a reference to this, is reading The Infernal Devices first, then the first three Mortal Instruments, then Red Scrolls of Magic, then Mortal Instruments 4 through 6, then Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy, which is like um, short stories, a compilation of short stories that follows one of the main characters, um, The Lost Book of the White, The Bane Chronicles, The Dark Artifices, Ghosts of the Shadow Market, and then The Last Hours, which is technically not in chronological order, but there's a huge spoiler, so you have to read those last. Uh, Aaron's eyes are... Look, this is not what I did, or probably what I've told other people to do in the past. I love it. I wanted to talk about this, too, because I read it in the publishing order, because I've been reading them Mm -hmm. since the very beginning, Yeah, and there is... I completely understand why you recommend it recommend to go chronologically because there's so many books. It's just fucking easier to tell people yeah. to go that way. Yeah. But they're really and it's complicated to like try to do publishing order cuz it interweaves 
yeah, the last all the hours series. in the city of yeah. uh, Or, I mean, a lot of mortal instruments. But there really is something to be said for reading them that way, because I, when I read them that way, their little things are revealed in the last hours, and then you go back to the mortal instruments, and then something happens there, and you're like, oh my god, they relate! And then you go back, and it's like a back and forth kind of thing that's yeah. really fun. It feels like the Shadow and Bone versus uh, Six of Crows oh, yeah, yeah. theory yeah. that I have that you don't technically have to have it but there's a lot of world building in the mortal instruments because they were the first one that she wrote that she's got you set up for a lot of things in those first three that helps you to understand the infernal devices and you can jump in a little quicker especially because if you're not used to reading historic stuff or like regency style then you're already going to have that hurdle when you get into the infernal devices because it's set in um, like steampunk era England situation. Yeah, I feel like the whole the whole beginning of the Mortal Instruments is literally the main character being like, "What this world exists, right?" And like, yeah. So I I don't know. I feel like it would be weird for me as like a first time reader to like read the Infernal Devices, which I imagine doesn't have that as much. Like, welcome to the Shadow Hunter. It does. It does. Okay. It has that a little bit less, but the main character does not know anything yes. about the Shadow Tessa world. in the Infernal Devices is like Clary okay. in the Mortal Instruments, and so she does have everything set up, so that way you get this introduction into the world. Okay. The only one, or the two, that don't have that introduction are the Last Hours and the Dark Artifices, because they follow characters who are already in the world but, well i started i started the very first book of the infernal devices so like maybe like a couple of pages in but it like starts out with like the two guys like doing shadow hunter things so like you would just be like i don't know what's happening until like later i guess i don't remember how it starts but i thought it started with her on a boat there's a prologue that is gem and will yes. oh doing shadow um hunter but it's things. the prologue and then the first chapter it like goes straight into tessa getting literally getting off the boat from america and she's in england she gets thrown straight into it though like she gets captured essentially and then yeah from there she she's learns like, what the world am I? is who are you people? she like gets captured then she gets rescued then she's like i don't know what's happening am i a bad guy am i a good guy it's so confusing for her so i do see the value in understanding the world first but i think that's also not that hard of something to overcome if you were just reading the infernal devices like if you get past that first scene where they're just like fighting demons you already know when you're getting into these books that you're yeah reading a book about fighting okay but then it's not weird having two series that like the main character has to be like what's a shadow hunter (laughs) yeah to caveat i did not read them in chronological order i read them half and half so like i started with mortal instruments then i jumped to infernal devices then i went into the That's newer the publishing series, order and i That's went how I back and forth no i finished mortal instruments completely before i even oh. touched dark artifices oh. or infer sorry infernal devices like i read all six of them first got that whole series done and then went into the infernal devices and based off of like how i read them and just what what opinions I hear from people, how, like, everything is confusing because there's so many people to keep track of. Like, if it's daunting to you to read a huge world and you're not used to it or it's not something that you're, like, gonna get into, because she has 20-plus books. Like, this is not an easy thing to read. The easiest thing to do is read them in that order so you can get the sense of, like, the timing, who's who, who's doing what. But I do think that a good way to do it if you're not it like worried about that is reading it in the publishing order but there's also a third way that Simon Teen has on their blog that I it's very confusing and I don't actually know it off the top of my head there's so many different ways to read these books I don't (laughs) the the publishing order I believe um you should check this listener because I am it's the first three it's off the top of my head but yeah you read the first three of the mortal instruments then you go to the first book of the infernal devices then you go to book four of the mortal instruments then book two of the last hours then book uh, six of the Mortal Instruments, and then the last book of Infernal Devices. You said the last hours when you meant to say Infernal Devices. So you're just talking about those two series. That's all right. You just have to switch off. I remember when these all came out, and I was starting to read the first book of the Infernal Devices because I had finished the Mortal Instruments, the first three. 
And I was like so excited and I was like, oh, cool. These are going to be more books in her world. And I was really excited. And then I found out that she was coming out with more set in the Mortal Instruments world with Clary and Jace. And I was so shocked because the first three wrap up pretty well. Yeah. And people were outraged. Like people were angry that she was adding to the world at the time. They were like, I cannot believe she would ruin the story. And then that fourth book is kind of rough. So after that fourth book came out, there was a lot. (laughs) There were a lot of people that dropped off the fandom because they were so mad. And I think that the only reason that all of these kept going and doing it like succeeding was because the infernal devices were coming out and people were so obsessed with those that they were like, okay, well, I guess we'll get her other books and see how she figures this out. But I honestly think the infernal devices kind of saved the shadow hunter world in that publishing timing because she had finished the trilogy. It was good. It was in that prime time of YA trilogy world and adding a fourth book was like not a thing that was acceptable. We were like, you wrapped it up. You finished it. If you read those first three, they're very well wrapped up and everybody thought it was over. I don't agree with that. I don't think. I never knew it was just a trilogy. I read the whole thing just thinking that it was always meant to be. And so in my mind, I can't even like, it's been a while since I've reread them. I have read them all twice, but I don't really even remember what happens like at the end of the third to feel, I feel like it's all just one big continuous thing. So I'm trying to think of like, where in the middle of that story do you just chop it off and it's fine. The first three books, Valentine is the bad guy. Yeah. And that part of that storyline is wrapped up by the end of the third book. But there's another tiny thread that's hanging that is what causes the other three books to come through. I'm going to stop us right here and say we're going to put the reading order that we have from Simon Teen and our stuff linked in our notes. So if you want to go check that out, cool. And as this moment in time, we're going to start talking spoilers so we can get into specifics about endings of books, the events that happen and things like that. So if you haven't read them, peace out. We'll see you when you do read them. And we're going to start May talking spoilers. May your day be blessed with main character energy. <laughs> Step by the very end to hear the game. <laughs> yeah. Fast forward. All right. So now we can continue on with spoilers. Yeah. I just, I feel like the the drama that surrounded the three versus, no, you're going to continue this series because, you know, you get so excited about it. And I think there was a significant gap and she came out with the first Infernal Devices and everybody's like, oh my gosh, a new series set in this world. We love it. We're so excited. And then book four of the Mortal Instruments came out and people rioted. They were not happy with it at all. I didn't know that it wasn't a trilogy either. Like I read them as six and I, when I found out that it was a trilogy or it was meant to be a trilogy, I actually liked it better as six because at the end of the third book, his Sebastian's body's gone. Like you don't know where he went. Like, nope. Everyone's like, yeah, he's dead. But like, we couldn't find his body. Cool. Simon is still a vampire and him and Izzy are just supposed to like make it work like they're together but you're like she's gonna die and he's a vampire forever how's that gonna work and then like Jason Clary get their reunion and they're like cool we're together we're not related (laughs) yeah like yay we're gonna date that's a really sweet moment on the stairwell though I remember that vividly yeah but like that to me that ending I was like this could have been done better like well so if you think of it as this was her first little trilogy of writing that she's ever done they're 15 years old it's not that deep you know like this was her first trilogy in ya right around after hunger games and all of that were coming out these types of things so if you look at like the timing of when all of it happened everybody was like very attached to these characters in the way that they were done and so valentine was the bad guy yeah once valentine was gone Nobody was worried about Sebastian. He was this little boy that had been, like, conned his whole life. So they all thought that he was, like, able to be rehabbed or something at the time. I don't know. (laughs) Mr. Murder over there. I finished the third book, and I thought it was the end. And I didn't read the fourth one for a really long time because I didn't know it existed. I was very comfortable with that being the end. Me too. I was like, oh, this is cute. It's cute. It's over, you know, like, uh, because if you look at the first three books on their own, they are a very small little trilogy YA world that made her so popular. Um, It's when she got into this big, like, metaverse type thing that she started uh, that we didn't know was happening. Yeah, which is how we know that I have a problem because I prefer the huge universe where I can follow all of these families until they die. (laughs) So I think that this is why I've always had a really strange relationship with just forgetting what happens in the last three books of that series. Yeah. I completely 
blank. All of it. Like when I started reading The Dark Artifices, I was very confused. Book six is really good, though. I I really like City of Heavenly Fire. I had read it once years ago and just forgot it. Book five is my favorite. I hate book four. I hate before. (laughs) Jace is just all emo and he's like, doesn't tell anybody. He's like, I have to keep it inside (laughs) because I can't hurt the ones I love. And I'm like, get it together. (laughs) I hate it. It's book five that he's like bad, right? Book five is when they go... um, he he goes with Valentine and they're like in Europe and then yeah, Clary goes and they're in Europe together. I like that one. So weird. I have to reread these. I thought I remembered stuff, but I don't remember a lot is what it comes down to. There's a lot to remember and I will say that I am not a fan usually of her endings. Like I think that she does she does build up and plot and events really well and then you get to the endings and you're just like Oh, like the okay. ending of the dark artifices. I was just I'm gonna say, so, so I hated that ending. What was that? I love the book, but the ending, I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, I'm here for it because it's just so ridiculous, but it's so absolutely stupid. I let me say that the dark artifices is one of my favorite series in this world because I love the characters so much. But the ending of that series is so. It's so stupid. I was reading it like, what is happening? I hated it so much. She named it Queen of Air and Darkness. Annabelle has like 2.5 screen seconds in that book. Like she shows up for a page and I'm like, she's a babysitter and you're going to center this around this one person who's not even a character. They like, I forgot about her. She's on the cover. I don't understand. Like you're going to build up and talk about cortana and say oh she can cut through anything this is cool but then you don't use the sword to cut through anything you don't use the sword (laughs) what what the entirety of the universe thus far what is that like eight books have all said like parabatize can't get together they can't it's forbidden you can it's against the rules and it's been built up so much and then you find out that they just turn into giant angels when they do i know what step on people I pictured them, I pictured them as like the giant, you know, like from Shrek when the gingerbread guy gets from like a gigantic, that's what I think. Absolutely. I just like think of, yeah, giant glowy humans that, that have like a line of people waiting for them, like don't, you cannot pass, but I hated that. I think it was also partially because I had built up this like really epic ending in my mind of like how it could have happened, and then it happened like- something completely crazy like I thought she was gonna use Cortana and like something happened on accident where like their parabatai runes got jacked up and they weren't parabatai anymore so they could be together like they figured out a way around it around this curse versus them just like succumbing to it and being like family means everything they helped us come (laughs) back to ourselves like yeah I love my family I love the whole like thought and sentiment of like your family saving you from yourself but that ending could have been different. It threw me off too because the ending before that one part is pretty awesome because there's like a big war and people like come out of the woodwork and you're like yeah this is awesome and then suddenly like (laughs) Julian is huge. (laughs) (laughs) And what's going on? Again, like her setup and her buildup and everything that happens is just so good. And you're like, yes, this is amazing. I love this. I love like everything. And then the endings just like don't do it for me. And I don't know why. And it happens every time. I think City of Heavenly Fire so far is my favorite ending. I'm really scared for Chain of Thorns because I'm scared I too. love the Last Hour series is my favorite so far. But I don't, I can't make that final decision because I haven't read the last book. But everything about that series is so good. It's so emo and angsty and the cast of characters is so sassy and fun. And I love that series, but I can't make the final executive decision until the last book comes out in November because I'm scared that she's going to mess it up like she did Dark Artifices. (laughs) So we're going to be, we're going to be opposites on this one because I really, I have a hard time figuring out if I love the Infernal Devices more or Dark Artifices because I live for Emma and Julian and the family and the whole thing. And I really enjoyed the way that book, those books were and all the side characters. Like there was just so much fun stuff. The ending sucked, but taking that out of it, I just really cherish all of them. But the Infernal Devices is 
I know you hate that love triangle, but the angst in those books is amazing. And I think they should have been a thruple. First, I think they should have been a thruple because if you tell me Jim and Will aren't in love with each other, you're wrong. Agreed. Uh, they are. From what I've heard, I haven't actually researched this on my own, so I don't have any like definitive evidence. But from what I've heard from other people, it's that she that was her original plan. Like I've heard that too. She said that people weren't ready. Like when those were being published, it was still too early in time. People weren't like open minded as much as they are now. Like it wasn't a thing, and I feel like. That's why, and I know I'm alone, I'm the sole person on this hill, probably, but, like, I did not like that love triangle at all. I hated it so much. Tessa annoyed the crap out of me because she literally just went for her second choice. Like, you cannot, I will argue until my last dying breath that she did not love them equally. She loved Will more, and she was like, well, you don't love me, so I guess I'm just gonna go hang out with your best friend, like... I'm going to break you guys up even though you guys have been besties for life and I'm going to go marry your bestie because you want to be mean to me for whatever reason. Like, Having just reread them, I read them very differently. Like I just reread them a few months ago and I live for Jem and it's not Tessa that initiates any of that. That is Jem. That is all on Jem and he is so swoony and so lovely. And then having read uh, Ghosts of the Shadow Market of all of his... That's his, right? Goes to the Shadow yeah. Market. And all of them meeting throughout time before the Mortal Instruments time and the time that Tessa and Jem and Will spend together in the future and the relationship that the three of them together have. I think that they just, the three of them have the most beautiful relationship. So for me, in the Infernal Devices, as I'm reading it, I already know about the ending and I know about this future relationships and ideas and the way that they are with each other's kids and all of those things. So I just see like a lot of love and a poor broken Will boy who is like really, really messed up trying to figure himself out and then realizing that him trying to figure himself out pushed everybody away because he is just straight up an asshole to Tessa. Yes. Like she likes him, (laughs) but he is awful. Like he's a dick. Guys, he is so mean. He does the whole, like, I have to push you away on purpose to save but you thing. not even in a nice, like, he's a straight up bully. Yeah. And Jem is there being her actual friend, having interest in common with her, going on walks, spending time together. So, like, there's a significant buildup with those two from, like, what I saw. And I also just know that Jem and Tessa are much more alike. Will is the wild one, and we know it, and we love it, but he's the soft teddy bear inside, but... It takes a long time to get to his marshmallow center. He has got a lot of trauma. And Jem has a lot of trauma too. He just handles it differently. Yeah. And I just, I think that all three of them and the relationships between them all is just so beautiful. So I don't, it doesn't bother me at all because I know how it turns out. But even reading it, I, I just, I remember reading the first book and being like, I will die for Will. Even though he's such an asshole, I love him. This is it. And then I finished the second book and I was like, I don't know how I feel anymore. I have a completely <laughs> different opinion. I'm going so hard for Jem right now. And it was it was that Twilight thing where you were like, oh. And I was like, no, no, this man. Because he is the right one. Because Will is fairly toxic. And then the third book you get through and you wrap it up and you're like, I don't know how this is going to end. And I don't even know how I want it to end because I love them both equally. I don't know how she's going to make a decision. Maybe she doesn't have to make a decision. And then, you know, the ending the way that it is. So. I actually really like the way it ended because I get everything I want. Yes. <laughs> I get everything. And I didn't even know that she could give me everything I wanted, but she did. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I think if they would have been a thruple, I would have been happier with it. And I also think that that was one of the things that I didn't like about the Dark Artifices because she makes Christina, Mark, and Kieran a thruple. And I hated Kieran with my core like with the passion like you cannot convince me that somebody can get your brother and your like basically sister whipped and get them in trouble and you're still gonna be like cool come join my my relationship like I for I forgot everything that you did to get me in trouble and to make my life a living hell like there's no way there's no way that would have happened so that's just like plus another... I didn't really feel like the like chemistry between Christina and Kieran was really there yeah, it feels it felt forced to me, and I wish that she would have written the Infernal Devices the way that she wrote that relationship because I think I would have been happier with that. And I didn't like that 
And this goes into the whole, like, everybody is related in this world thing. Like, I didn't like that Tessa was like, I'm gonna marry Will, we're gonna have kids, and then we're gonna have an entire family. And then hundreds of years later, be like, I'm gonna marry Jem now, and I'm gonna go start an entirely new family and be cool. And, like, I get both. Haha. Will's been dead for hundreds of years. I don't like that. Well, I like it because when you read uh, Magnus's stories, uh, the Bane Chronicles, and you see Tessa and him over the years and their friendship and they spend time in all these different centuries and she's grieving Will and you get to see her like literally grieve him repeatedly. So if you're just reading the core books, I feel like it skips that bit and you're like, oh, wait, now she's Jem's okay and they're just going to like get together and figure it but out. But even still, you just spent all this time grieving and now you're going to be like, now nah, I'm just going to start over. Like, Yes, exactly. But it's hundreds of years. I know. It just feels weird. But there's also Ghost of the Shadow Market. You see her and Jem running into each other and he's still a silent brother over time and their different interactions and how you can see that they still kind of love each other, but he has like his emotions on lock. And then you see her working with Magnus side by side and having like a friendship. I think Tessa gets dumped on a lot. And I just feel bad for Tessa. Because like if it was a hundred years later, you think you're not going to get remarried, really, to somebody that you already loved and has been your best friend for a hundred years? You think you're not going to marry him? And I, like <laughs> You're going to. But they, And then you're having a whole new family. That's weird. But she goes and locks herself in the library for a while. Is that not enough for you? When is she allowed to live again? She doesn't get to die, guys. <laughs> I think that I think that's maybe my problem. I don't like that. You she make lives valid too long. points, but I'm still not gonna be okay with it. <laughs> Magnus does the same thing, though. Like Magnus does the same thing. He's in love multiple times throughout all of his stuff, and everybody's like totally fine with that. He just yeah, because he goes on to different people who he's who he doesn't have like these random long term connections with like i'm gonna go with this vampire i'm gonna go with this shadow hunter and i'm gonna go with this other warlock i'm just gonna like find people to you're telling me that in the hundreds of years tessa hasn't met anybody that she could have possibly fallen in love with other than jim <laughs> she locked herself in the library in the spiral library for years and didn't even talk to this anybody is my problem. i do not like the, that age situation pairing like if you're both super old and live for a long time then you'd be together. But if one of you is going to die and one of you is going to live for eternity, I don't like that. Then then I feel like as the as the person like who is going to die, then you're just like just a chapter of this person's life. Whereas for you, that person is your whole life. Like I feel like that's a very unbalanced situation that like I it just really bothers me. So because like Tessa lives forever, she can just like I'll have one family here and then 200 later I'll have another family and then after that I'll have another like how many families are you going to have? Like that's too much living. You need to have one person that also lives as long as you. <laughs> You've had too much living. You're not allowed. <laughs> Her and Magnus are just besties, so they get to be friends forever because they don't get to have loves forever. So like Alex is going to die. I hate that. See, I just no, don't like it. Raphael is going to die, but Magnus is going to get to live with Max. He's like, well, I'll get a child that's like me, and then I'll have a child forever. Him and Tessa and Max are going to be the family moving forward. Just I'm with Jess on this. <laughs> I approve of it if you're just like, yeah, my husband died. I'm going to just like chill with my kid now for the rest of my life. That's fine. Like... I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall in love with someone who's gonna be like, oh, you're gonna die soon, Devin, but like, we'll be together until you die, and then I'm gonna like, go peace out and find somebody else. I'll be like, what? No, I, you're supposed to love me for forever. Yeah. But mates aren't a thing, guys. <laughs> this is not mate world. But she's gonna live forever. Should she be alone for the rest of, of forever? <laughs> no, but she should be with someone else who also is gonna live forever. Okay, well then go tell Magnus that because he's the only one. I just don't like Tessa <laughs> and the love triangle. This has devolved into a know, who side are we on? And I, I actually really enjoy this. I feel like this is gonna be, we're gonna have another episode, so. I actually don't love, like, I'm not a diehard Tessa fan, but I like Tessa enough and I'm like, I'm happy yeah. to see her happy, you know? I like her. I just like, again, like, I think that Cassie could have written the situation in Infernal Devices better. Like, I love loved Henry and Charlotte as a love story oh, yeah. in that in Infernal Devices. I loved Gabriel and Gideon's love stories too. Like yes. all of the secondary characters in Cassie books. So good. They are always so good. Five star reviews. Like they get all of the all of the love from me and they're always I I love them. But the main three in Infernal Device for me just I can't. 
But <laughs> I feel like this is going to be this episode and we can come back to the next rest series or whatever. We can talk more about it in the next Shadowhunter Sunday that we do. Because <laughs> this is- I agree. <laughs> Let's keep this energy going. This is, this is good. This is good. <laughs> I'm, I'm really here for all of this debate over the love triangle. Also, I will say my last comment is that because Will was so mean, he isn't my favorite. Like, everybody's always like, oh, Will Herondale for life. And I'm like, uh. Will is my not, favorite. He is not the best Herondale boy out there. I'm sorry. I always sorry. feel bad for him when I was reading. I mean, he is toxic, so that's probably something Aaron can psychoanalyze me on that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, well, I really loved it too because I was in love with him when I first read him and we were, I was a bit older, but we were closer to the same age and now he he's aged up in the new series and he's a dad and we're like yeah. the same age still and I love it. I'm like, I can still like him because he's an adult. <laughs> so Dad Will is better than toxic angsty Will. But, but like a grown man theoretically should be better than a 16 year old boy and every <laughs> yeah. 18 year old. I think I think I go hard for Point. Gem. I Taken. didn't realize that I go so hard for Gem but after rereading The Infernal Devices I go hard for that guy. I read yeah I, the first time I read it I was a diehard Will fan and then I reread it and I, I love gem two now so i'm a julian stan for sure but i've only read the two series the mortal instruments and dark artifices but julian but gems in all of them mark mark blackthorn is my preferred blackthorn brother and i will also die on that hill julian mark's better than julian mark is my number two favorite character in the shadow hunter universe but i'm not like in love with him i just really really love him <laughs> like no like i, I just want to see him so- happy <laughs> That's how I feel about Matthew Fairchild. Yeah. When he walks out with two shirts on and they're like, why are you wearing two shirts? And he was like, in case my first shirt gets stolen or messed up. Duh. And like, hello, obvious, why you wear two shirts? <laughs> <laughs> or where they're at the diner and like Livy tells the girls that he has herpes or whatever. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That sweet baby. I have to say, too, that I am so um, anxious and stressed about Ty and Kit. I have to, like, I'm, I've never wanted to see a ship set sail more in my life. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm very stressed about it. And I I'm very sad books. that I don't have a date for those books. Like, she was like, yeah, I they're going to be the next out. And then she said, no, I'm not writing these right now. I'm writing my adult fantasy books. Sword, what's it called? Swordcatcher, I think. Oh, she's writing something non-Shadowhunter. Yes. Okay. We'll wrap up the Shadow Hunter episode because I feel like we have gone off the deep end with the infernal <laughs> devices. Thanks for following us along with us on this journey. We'll be back with more later. Yes, we will have more episodes of Shadow Hunter stuff. We will get heated and debated over all and debate over all the other series. But to wrap things up, Cassandra Clare is writing a new adult fantasy series. I believe it's called Swordcatcher, and it is going to be one of her next published works. Yes, it's called the Swordcatcher series, and it is it's adult, right? Her first, yeah, her first adult book, and it's going to be a series. So be on the lookout for that. And I'm not sure when we're getting more. That'll be interesting. Shadowhunter content, but oh, Chain of I- Chain of Thorn comes out in November. So Chain of Thorn Thorns comes out in November of this year. Then Adult Fantasy Swordcatcher comes out some point in the next year or so and then after that she'll finish up the shadow hunter chronicles with i don't know what it's called do you remember what it's called the wicked powers yes yeah wicked powers is gonna be like her end all be all the last series of the entire world yeah okay I'm going to cry. But say that's what I'm more interested in because I want to go into the future. So, like, I just started with the Mortal Instruments. Then I did Dark Artifices. Now I want the the Wicked Powers. And she's like, oh, here's Last Hours. I'm like, no, we're going the wrong direction. We need to be going <laughs> into the future. <laughs> Chronological, Cassie. Chronological. Yeah. She does, I think the reason why, not to get, like, deep and all, like, theoretical or whatever, but I do think the reason why she does that, at least I want to believe it in my mind, is because... She likes to highlight, like, the erasure of history and, like, what can come from hiding the bad things from the past. Whenever she does series that have come from the past, there's always, like, something big that you, like, a plot twist that you realize only happens in the future because the characters from the past were so ashamed or were so, like, 
we have to keep this hidden, that it causes problems for us in the future, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's always like this underlying notion of this is why we should keep history records fresh. This is why you should learn from your mistake. This is why history repeats itself because people don't learn from their mistakes and they just think like people will get better. And it's like, no, they don't. They do the same things thing. <laughs> repeatedly unless you specifically tell them, hey, we were douchebags back in the day. You guys shouldn't be like this. And even then they still do. Yeah, and so that's how she's, like, bringing it full circle. So you see how Shadowhunters were in the past with Infernal Devices and The Last Hours. Then you see things kind of get better in the middle with Mortal Instruments. And then in The Dark Artifices and what's going to happen, I assume, in The Wicked Powers, you see things coming for full circle where there's, like, factions of Shadowhunters now because one one faction believes what they did in the past, and then the new age of Shadowhunters are like, no, we need to be more open-minded. What are you talking about? Totally fictional and not at all but like real life. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with what's going on in the world right now. <laughs> Nobody knows that that's a thing because, again, they like hide all of these things from the past and they bury it because they don't want to be ashamed of everything that they've ever done. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, that's my more <laughs> my spiel on Shadowhunter lore. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Not to toot my not to toot my own horn, but I'm. It took me so long to make it that I have to shout out my own family tree that I made. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You can share it with everyone. I will. Yeah, we have to do an episode on it or something. But yeah, I I am so into this that I made an extensive because they because every time I wanted to look it up, there were different family trees for each family. Like here's a tree for the Herondale family, and here's a tree for the Blackthorn family, and I was like, I want it all together. So I made one that was just massive in all of them together and i'm very proud of it <laughs> i use it often i will go into my google drive and i'm like where is that shadow hunter tree i'm reading this and i don't remember who this person is and i go in and <laughs> reference your lovely tree often i'm glad i could help well with that being said that's a good segue into our game today because we are going to be playing skip it or ship it shadow hunter edition yes um i will do my best to make sure that these people are not related in any high level way we'll let's see, not we'll, do that again we'll see how it goes so it's we'll, appropriate <laughs> yeah keeping keeping things in mind where we'll keep it as non-related as possible also pretending they're the same age right yeah fictional characters they live in the same world they're around the same age i mean some of these guys don't die so we'll see how it goes so our first couple is Gideon Lightwood and Kieran. <laughs> I ship it. I feel like Erin maybe can't answer can't. this because she doesn't know who Gideon is, but I also would ship it. Yeah, I ship that. <laughs> I want to like, see that happen. Gideon is like very stoic, yeah. old school type of shadow hunter. Like, but he's he's very he's a, he's a marshmallow. But he's like he's a daddy not. figure. Yeah, he's, he's he's twenty, but he acts like he's eighty. Like he's yes. just an old man, daddy. I will protect you and take care of you no matter what. He has like zero chaos energy. Yeah, to me at least. Um, Gabriel has all that. He's just he's got no chaos energy. So I like the balance of Kieran's just like wildness. Gideon would handle it well. It'd be a good balance. They're opposite. Yes, I agree. Okay. I have a good one. <laughs> this, this next one is really good too. Except oh yeah, everyone knows these characters. Okay. Ash Morganstern, who oh as a reminder, we see him at the end of Dark Artifices, Fisses, however you say it. And Julian Blackthorn. <laughs> Ooh, no, I, like it, <laughs> I hate it. No, Julian only deserves good things, and Ash is not that. Skip, good skip. Ash does not deserve <laughs> his pancakes. Ash is the baby of Sebastian and the fairy queen. queen? Yeah, that took me a moment to remember that. I mean, we don't know anything about him, really. Yeah, we yet, don't know much no. about him, right? Like, we just know mostly that he exists. He's barely spoken. Yeah. Getting babysat by Annabelle. I don't know. Drew sort of bumps into him at some yes, point. Yes, but... there's going to be, like, something with him and Drew. Yes, like, yes. they see each other multiple times, and I'm like... Yeah, I see, I want that story. I want to go, I want more future Shadow Yeah, I want more of that, too. I know. He was raised in a demon realm. It can't be great. Sebastian is his dad. That just can't be good. Also, how old was <laughs> Sebastian? 
fashion to be having a baby. Young. It was done in the demon realm when he like, I don't know. Sebastian's a weirdo. Yeah, he kissed his I own know. sister on purpose. So like, let's not be a fan. He's so creepy in book five. <laughs> He's so creepy. He's so creepy all the time. Everything about Sebastian is He horrifying. is a good villain for multiple reasons, including his creepiness. He's an excellent villain, but he's creepy as hell. Um, okay. This one is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Simon. Yes. Oh. And Jace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like the foundation is already there. I ship it. I would want to see where that goes. I would want to see where that goes. Not like a long-term ship, but like a fling. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they already had one. Yeah. They've got more banter than anybody else in those books. Sexual they tension? Just, I think they hate... Perhaps. They hate love each other more than anybody Yeah, it's my yeah. favorite... It's my favorite hate-to-love story. Like, I... Enemies to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody, oh yeah, like when Simon fed off of Jace. Yeah. He's like, don't tell anybody you drink my blood. And they're like, we're bonded now. <laughs> yeah, they've got a whole thing going that was on. Sexy, and then he's right? a daywalker or whatever. Yes. Yeah, I think this ship exists. I live for Jace and Simon. I'm going to say ship yeah, it too. Ship or when he's like talking about his nerdy stuff, like Star Wars or whatever, and Jace is like, I'm so glad I never know what you're talking about. Like, I just want to pretend like you don't say anything. Imagine them as a couple, and then Jace is like a fan guy in, for his band, like in all of his shows. Oh. <laughs> Jace would put on a rock solid panda tee, but he would crop it and stand in the very front. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. And he would hold the sign up that says Simon I love you. <laughs> he would. Yeah, we think that the that the that the angst between them is like because of Clary, but really it's just because they want to get her out of the way so that they can <laughs> Yeah. They can have some alone time. I need fan art of Jace in a crop top for Roxella Panda <laughs> holding it. Someone sign. please get on that. And yeah. Simon up in front with just like the biggest blushing cheeks you've ever oh seen. Oh my god. But things extended. Why am I genuinely yeah. starting to like this now? Yeah. And I then want it turn it turns into like Jace slowly asking, Hey, when is Simon coming over again? And then it's them being like, We're gonna go train and you find them hiding in a corner playing video games together. <laughs> we don't need fan art, we just need a whole webcomic. Someone go. I bet it's <laughs> fan fiction. Okay. Aaron doesn't know this character, but I have to say it because I think this is the cutest thing ever. Ty Blackthorne and Christopher Lightwood. Oh my god! I don't know why I think that would be the cutest thing ever. Like, I love that so much. Christopher is the crazy science nerd in the basement, right? Yes, I want to say. Not Thomas, okay. Thomas is the buff one that, like, walks around that has tattoos. So Christopher is, um, like, a super science geek. He's very much, like, trying to make stuff Aaron like he's in the basement literally blowing things up and everybody's like please don't light the house on fire again repeatedly to him yeah I like it I think that'd be so cute oh no but like him and Ty would probably blow the house up yeah exactly Ty wouldn't be paying attention and Christopher would just light shit on fire on accident and they would both be oblivious walking around and then you would have like Ty would have his headphones in and then someone would walk in after the house would be blown up and then Ty'd be like I told him no and he didn't listen. And they would just both be standing there in the middle of the rubble. <laughs> they would blow the house up, but then they'd make like a s- huge scientific discovery or something. And they'd be like, but wait, look. And everything just yeah. ruins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one for today. Again, like, I think Aaron might not know too much about this character, but it's just too good not to say. So Cameron Ashdown, which if everybody remembers, is Emma's on again, off again boyfriend who is like Captain America looking and he's super hot, but he's kind of a himbo. (laughs) And Matthew Fairchild. (laughs) I kind of want to say yes, but I don't know. I want to see it. I have a very, very specific um, ship I want to go with Matthew and it's not going to happen, I recognize, but I just... Who's the ship that you want? Lucy. I know it won't happen. I understand. Oh, I have theories on this, but that's for another episode because it's going to... I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> well, I need to read the books first. Oh, yeah. Okay, good thing I didn't say anything. You guys haven't You guys haven't read the second book. Okay, but I just want Matthew to be happy and if Me too. Yeah. Cameron Ashdown makes Matthew happy... I want to see that. Captain America of his dreams, yeah. and I say yes. I feel like Matthew could, yeah, make something out of that. (laughs) 
he can make something out of anything. He's it's true. spectacular. It's true. He makes my heart so happy. Oh, okay. We'll do one more so that way Aaron can jump in. I am definitely against this one, but we're going to say it anyway so that way we can have some fun. Um, Simon and Emma. Oh, no. <laughs> Skip that for sure. Emma would kick his ass and she I would, would yeah. applaud her. Yeah. It would it would be great to watch. I yeah, I'd pay money to see that to see them fight each other. <laughs> Emma only needs someone with dad vibes. Simon would say something like stupid like he always does and then he would try to backpedal and it wouldn't work and then Emma would just straight kick his ass. I feel like she ignores him in the books cuz like she does run into him at some point and it's just like I You're don't right. know Simon. I need more Simon Shadowhunter content. I feel like there's not You enough. should read the Tales from the Shadowhunter. No, I did read that one. Academy. I feel like it wasn't satisfying enough. I it's because Simon as a character is just not satisfying. Like on paper you'd think <laughs> Maybe that's it. on on pa- on paper you'd think that he would be like the perfect person. Like he has all of the good qualities, but like his character in general, I'm like you're so whiny. He makes like, really stupid decisions. What? Izzy is literally going after you and telling everybody she's your girlfriend and to not touch you. And you're going to be like, you're not my girlfriend. I don't even know you. Like, what? No. (laughs) Hard agree. Hard agree. He is 100% the guy that bitches that a girl put him in the friend zone. And then she's like, I literally told you I love you. And he's like. I'm gonna go date somebody else, I guess. <laughs> on on our next episode of Shadowhunter Sunday, <laughs> this is what we will be talking about. <laughs> there, I feel like we all learned though that there's just a lot of topics that we could potentially talk about, and now we can narrow out down like what we're going to be discussing in our next sessions of this. But anyway, time is up for today, so we will see everyone next week, and. Be sure to follow us on social to see all of the fun things we're talking about. TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Emo Girls Guide. Um, and may your day be blessed with main character energy. Main, main character, character energy. energy.